You're listening to the Tennis Now Tennis Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Otto. Greetings, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the Tennis Now Tennis Podcast, sponsored by Tennis Express. Week two of the U.S. Open is underway, and because we are now into the business section of the last major of 2016, we're going to dedicate today's program to the business of one of the game's biggest stars. Only one word is necessary, Serena. In a few moments, we're going to welcome tennis journalist Nick McCarville to the program to talk about, you guessed it, Serena. But before we do that, I wanted to spend a moment talking about the woman, the myth, the legend, Serena Williams. Two months ago, I was at Wimbledon, sitting in the fourth row of interview room number one, when a reporter said the following to Serena Williams. There will be talk about you going down as one of the greatest female athletes of all time, she said. What do you think when you hear someone talk like that? Serena's eloquent, poignant reply? I prefer one of the greatest athletes of all time. It would have been easy to overlook Williams' statement. Her press conferences are full of strong declarations, humor, wit, banter, But given the delicate set of circumstances that tennis has been enduring since the CEO of Indian Wells claimed that women's tennis players have been riding on the coattails of men, that they should get down on their knees and thank God every day for Roger and Rafa, Williams' words were bigger than banter. This was a shot across the bow of sexism in sports, a prideful snub of the status quo by one of the few athletes with enough chutzpah and influence to not just want change in the world, but to actually affect it. Two months later, Williams' statement has sparked an ambitious, necessary ad campaign that dubs Williams as not just the greatest female athlete of all time, oh no no, the greatest athlete of all time. The ubiquitous ads have sparked debate, and more important, support. This week, more than ever before, thanks to Nike and Serena Williams, I've been wondering if she is indeed the greatest tennis player of all time. Better than Federer, Nadal, Laver, Graf, Martina Navratilova, and others. I've been thinking about greatness, not in terms of numbers, but in terms of influence, competitive fire, longevity, and inspiration. My conclusion? We'll never truly know who the greatest athlete or tennis player of all time is. But if we're going to entertain ourselves by debating it, we better be sure to include Serena Williams and a whole bunch of other qualified women in the debate. You're listening to the Tennis Now Tennis Podcast, sponsored by Tennis Express. Next up on the program... We're fortunate enough to spend a few moments with USA Today columnist Nick McCarville to continue our discussion on Serena Williams. I'm talking with Nick McCarville, who's covering the U.S. Open for USA Today. Great to have you on, Nick. How are you? Yeah, Chris, I'm good. Thanks. Happy to be here. Cool. Um, Well, 
Second week of the U.S. Open, uh, the focus shifts a little bit from all the smaller special interest stories to the bigger ones, and the biggest one mm -hmm. of all is Serena Williams. So shall we talk about her a little bit? Yeah, we have we've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. No. Well, well, I I was kind of very I've become very interested in the Nike ad that's been running. It's kind yeah. of ubiquitous, and we see it everywhere. Um, I wanted to get your first impression. What do you think of Nike's ad and the fact that they're dubbing Serena the greatest, not just tennis player or female athlete, but athlete of all time? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me say I never I never get tired of talking about Serena, and it's such a pleasure that we even get to do so. Um, you know, Nike sent me this ad a, a little before they released it publicly because we had done some stuff with Serena before the U.S. Open for USA Today, and I had gone to her Nike appearance at Nike Town on 57th Street, and um, the PR team had sent me along this ad and just said, you have to take a look at this. This is amazing. And I played it at my desk one morning, you know, just before Ash had started to fill up with all the reporters, and I just <laughs> I ended up watching it three or four times in a row because it, it really is just so jarring, I think, in and of itself, no matter the, the content. I think they just just did such a great job with with the ad. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's just spurred so many great discussions. You know, this is a, a pivotal and poignant time in a lot of ways in women's rights and sports rights and human rights in a lot of ways. And Serena lends herself to that conversation. And, um, you know, the ad in and of itself is beautiful, and um, I just think it's, it's great that they're, they're putting Serena forward in this context because she really does deserve it. Yes, and you mentioned some of the issues in sport. We all witnessed Raymond Moore's regrettable moment in Indian mm -hmm. Wells just, mm -hmm. just six months ago where he said that women ride on the coattails of men. And that they should get down on their knees um, and thank Rafa and Roger for all they've done for tennis. But now, six months mm -hmm. later, we've got we've got this reaction from Nike. Do, do you see it as such, and do you see it as a necessarily strike back in the sexism department in sports? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Nike intended it to be a direct response to to Indian Wells, but I, you know, I certainly know that they wanted to continue this conversation. And you know, without getting too political, I think that this is what we're doing now and what I think what I think our society can be better for is by talking about things and by putting things out there. And, you know, there's been a long road for women in sports. And I think Title IX was obviously a, a very important step in that many, many years ago. But now we're seeing this conversation continue in equal pay. And in our sport, the WTA and the ATP. And, you know, there, it's it's a never-ending conversation. And I think that this is – this is sort of, I think, an unexpected, don't you think, Chris? Like an unexpected sort of, um, not wrench in in the discussion, but it just, I think, it took it a different way, and um, it it just allowed us, I think, to to look at it differently because, you know, obviously Nike is a sponsor, and Nike wants Serena to be seen in certain ways, but I also think, like I was saying with the ad itself, they've they've done this sort of great piece of art, and that is what has drawn such a big reaction. As, I mean, at least that, that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I agree. This is a 94 billion market cap company that is that is just <laughs> all in for Serena Williams and clearly believes in her and clearly does sure. believe that that she's not that it's time to talk about Serena not just as a, a tennis yes. player but as a great athlete. And right. I I told you my experience um, about uh, being on the radio and being asked about. First, we we're talking about Serena. Then I was asked whether or not I I think it's time we should just talk about her as being 
a greater tennis player than Roger Federer, and I was stumped. And then it got me thinking all week, which is what led me to wanting to converse with you about this, is that I really see no reason why she isn't. And we always have these gender-based arguments about the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Feder- mm-hmm. Is Federer better than Laver, Djokovic, Rafa? But now, with Serena and all she's done, not just um, winning major titles, but breaking the Grand Slam win record, all the things she's done, and including her right. longevity, doing more than any other tennis player beyond 30, I think it's time to talk about it. Yeah, the no, fact that- and I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I would say, Chris, imagine if Roger Federer was able to do, and obviously Roger's had a incredible career, and I, I don't belittle that whatsoever, but imagine if he was able to do what Serena did in 2012 and shift gears in his career after winning Wimbledon in 12, which was his last slam. Since then, Serena has won nine Grand Slams. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, she's, take, she's taken these twilight years and she's made them into her golden years. And, you know, I, I was helping Nancy Armour is a, a great columnist for USA Today, and she wrote a piece that, that ran this week. And we were talking about, you know, we were just getting some context and historical, you know, little nuts and bolts. And we were just talking about the, these last four or five years for Serena, and they really have um, catapulted her into this other stratosphere that, that really only she occupies, I think, not only in women's tennis, but in tennis and perhaps even in sport. I know you cover th- three sports pretty well, and that's gymnastics <laughs> and figure skating. So, so you see a lot of uh, athletes, both female and male. I want to yes. ask you one specific question, not about tennis or about greatness, but have you ever sure. seen a, a better or more intense competitor than Serena Williams? Gosh, in my limited purview of <laughs> of sports <laughs> coverage, don't sell uh, yourself no. short. Yeah. No, I don't think, you know, if you use the word intense, I don't think so. There was a conversation thread in Rio at the Olympics, Chris, about Simone Biles and about the way that she was able to deliver in Rio and the gold medals that she won, the bronze that she won on on beam. And Simone had been someone who, in gymnastic terms, was the best for three years. And in women's gymnastics, that's a, a pretty long time to stay on top for three years. And she did so for a fourth in Rio. And uh, Danelle Leva, one of the men's gymnastics members on the U.S. team had had compared her to Serena. And I tweeted out the quote because I just thought it was so great that Simone delivered like Serena under pressure. And there was a lot of kickback of Simone doesn't compare. Look at Serena over 20 years, which is fair. But you can't you can't take a gymnast career over four years and then try to, you know, equivocate it to anything that goes on in tennis. It's just you, it's apples and oranges. But the point was, is that Simone's ability to deliver under pressure you know, we all watched her, I think, I hope you did as well, and she just looked so flawless in Rio. That wasn't easy. You know, mm-hmm. this girl's an ins- insane acrobat, and so I just, you know, I think, yes, intense I would give to Serena, absolutely, and then ability to execute under pressure, I mean, that's something that, you know, you watch gymnastics and figure skating, too. We, we haven't seen it the last few years. I mean, Yuna Kim was brilliant in 2010. I, I was at Nationals this or excuse me, at Worlds in the U.S. this year when Ashley Wagner, I felt, delivered under pressure to win a silver medal so well. But uh, year in, year out, Chris, I, yeah, Serena Williams <laughs> takes, takes the uh, intense trophy. Absolutely. You're listening to the Tennis Now Tennis Podcast, sponsored by Tennis Express. We're chatting with tennis journalist Nick McCarville, who's covering the 2016 U.S. Open for USA Today.
In your opinion, what even is greatness when it comes to a tennis player or an athlete for that matter? Is it totally interpretive? Yeah, you know, I think we all interpret it different ways, right? I mean, that's, sometimes I think we get sucked into these, or I I try not to, but there's a, there's a lot of debate on social media, who's right, who's wrong, and, you know, how to, where does this conversation go? And it really is, it's really in the eye of the beholder. You know, what is great? I mean, a lot of people will still argue that Serena hasn't hit Margaret Court's 24. So yeah. should she not, you know, and then people will go back and say, well, look at who Margaret was playing against. Well, Serena doesn't have a right. You know, there's all these different caveats. And, you know, I had a I had an interesting conversation with uh, Jay McManus, who's a writer for ESPN, and she was talking about Venus. We were talking about Venus and, um, you know, wow, what what would Venus's career be without her sister? I mean, she'd have the spotlight. But then in the other sense, they would she at all? I mean, would they have each other? I guess I don't really like those supposeds, you know, like, oh, Andy Murray would be one of the greatest of all time if it weren't for Roger Rafa Novak. Well, yeah. <laughs> tough shit. This is part yeah. of the, you know, this is this is what is the reality. And, and to me, that's greatness, I guess, is dealing with the reality and being able to execute however you do, whether you're Andy Murray or you're Angelique Kerber or you're Serena Williams, these athletes are great in their own ways. And obviously Serena has really raised the bar. And I think also not to be long winded, Chris, but <laughs> this, this era that this era that we're in, in tennis, I mean, I have one of my friends asking me, you know, do a story on how crazy it is that Serena, Roger, Rafa, Novak, and Andy are always in the conversation, every slam. Mm. And it, it really is crazy because not only are 128 players trying to get to the last round at every Grand Slam, but, you know, there's hundreds of others on the tours that are working hard every day to be the best in the world. And these five athletes, at least in the last few years, have managed to do that literally week in and week out. It's amazing. I know um, <laughs> if, if we circle back a little bit and talk about um, Serena and her quote at Wimbledon, which really kind of um, jump-started this Nike campaign, she was asked, uh, you're going to, the, to go down as a... Uh, the greatest female athlete of all time. And she said, I prefer the word one of the greatest athletes. Um, when you heard about that, did that strike you as particularly poignant or was it just another Serena-ism to you? <laughs> oh, I, don't you love Serena-isms in general? <laughs> <laughs> For um, sure. You know, I I don't remember if you were in the room, but I, I was in the room when she said that. And I she she said it, and you know, you can't see it from the transcript, but she said it in a way of kind of like, hold up, <laughs> let me make mm -hmm. this statement. And yeah, it was poignant. And it, it did strike, I think it struck us all as, oh, wow, you know, you, you're right. And not that she had to tell us, I think we're very well aware. And I think, you know, I get defensive sometimes because I feel like there's a lot of thought outside of the media or in, in the public that we don't give Serena her due. And I just, I guess I've covered her the way that I only know how, and that's writing about her successes and then the struggles that have come along with those successes. And, you know, she, she's, she's built these great walls for herself and she's managing to climb them, or I guess I would, they'd be better put as mountains because, yeah. you know, she continues to raise the bar and so then the pressure becomes greater and the expectations. I mean, she literally steps on the court every time and people expect her to win. <laughs> and that is, yeah. just, you know, I feel like I, I walk out, I, 
from the oven and if I do it's a success. But you know, she, she is. She, I, I wouldn't say she's a victim of her own success because I don't believe in that. But I believe that she she really has you know built the the stage that she stands on. And sometimes the spotlight can shine, you know, too bright. We saw it last year at, at the U.S. Open, but mm-hmm. she continues. She continues to come back to that stage, and she continues to perform, and she continues to be far and away the best. And and that's what makes that's what makes her the greatest athlete of all time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, good one, good one. And last question before I let you go. I know you got to head over to the grounds and Serena's doing the night sure. session tonight. So you've seen her play four matches. We all thought she'd have a shoulder issue coming in. Clearly that's not a big issue. Uh, what's your take on her form in New York and how do you see her moving forward? And she's got a, a exciting matchup with Simona Halep tonight. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I mean, I, I think she's looked great. What do you think? Whew, fantastic. The serve has looked better than it has all year, I think, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I to be honest, I, I think that the shoulder almost helped her just kind of, let's not talk about, I don't want to talk about 23, I don't want to talk about number one, I don't want to talk about last year. My, you know, and I, I think she legitimately did have, you know, she went to Cincinnati and she practiced and they, they were ready to go and she was trying to pull the plug. So I don't take any of the validity away from the shoulder, but to me, Chris, I think it distracted her just a little bit to focus on, mm-hmm. I need to take care of my shoulder. And then it became more about that and less about the U.S. Open and all these other things. And I yeah. think, I mean, look at her through four rounds. She's lost 20 games, I believe it is. She it is. It's true. Has, she has not been broken. She's faced one break point the entire tournament. That is insane. Mm-hmm. And she said it on court to Pam uh, after her last match, and then we asked her about it impressive why are you serving so well? And she didn't necessarily have an answer, but it just seems to be clicking and working. And I think Simona Halep is going to be a great test for her tonight. I think it's her first great test. It's the first seed that she's faced. But, you know, if you talk about a crescendo in the way that Serena sees a major, I think this is the perfect time to play a player like Simona. She's going to challenge her in a, a lot of different ways. And I also think there's always that match where Serena mm-hmm. comes out a little bit flat. You could have argued that perhaps that was the Vanya King match. She was a little flat there. Right. But the, if she comes out flat tonight against Simona Halep, can she work through that? And I think that's then where we can sort of gauge, you know, what she'll do come the semis and the finals. And a possible showdown with Kerber for the number one ranking. Uh, awesome. I love it. I'm I'm all for it if that happens. I think that's that, great sport and it's great theater. <laughs> that, that will be superb. Uh, we look forward to her match tonight, and thank you so much for chatting, Nick. Yeah, Chris, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Have a great day at the U.S. Open. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. You've been listening to the Tennis Now Tennis Podcast, sponsored by Tennis Express. Special thanks to Nick McCarville of USA Today for joining us. Have a great day, everyone.